Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. So, without further ado, part two of the legacy and tragedy of Chris Benoit. Well, the wrestling world in shock today. Former champion Chris Benoit found dead in his Atlanta home along with his wife and young son. Police now treating the discovery as a double murder-suicide. World Wrestling Entertainment says Benoit failed to show for two live events over the weekend and apparently at least one suspicious text message sent to friends prompted wrestling officials to send police to his house. On the phone now, staff writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Saeed Ahmed. And Saeed, what do you know about this suspicious text message? Well, the sheriff's department will only confirm that he sent at least one text message sometime around 4.30 a.m. Saturday. And uh, I I know that the WWE is saying that he sent several others, which is what prompted them to contact the sheriff's office to go do a welfare check at the house. But uh, the other thing that they are saying now is that uh, he allegedly killed the wife and child sometime over the weekend and then took his life on Monday. But, but go back real quick if you can for this text message. It's got to be at least very alarming or very strange for them to say you need to go to this house and check it out. Welcome everybody to our wrestling podcast. Join me, Dave and Jess, as we give you the conclusion to the legacy and tragedy of Chris Benoit. So, Dave, take it away. Let's continue off, starting with his WWF career. Dave? So that starts the World Wrestling Federation slash entertainment era. And this is where we start with the Radicals teaming with Chris Jericho. So uh, Guerrero, Saturn, Malenko, Benoit, they debuted in the WWF as a stable, became known as the Radicals. They had lost their quote-unquote tryout matches upon entry, but they aligned themselves with WWF champion Triple H, and they became a heel faction there. And Benoit quickly a really won good, his first uh, title. What happened on that really quick, too? I think it was the main event of sure. a Raw, right? Because like it was a 10-man tag, and it was the Radicals and Mick Foley against Triple H and some other fucks. I don't remember who it was. Probably DX. Um And yeah, didn't didn't the radicals they all turned on McFoley in this match? But it was I remember the tag match itself Dang, being fucking match? really good, like being really good. I remember watching that match yeah. going, God, what a good match this was! And fu- finally, the radicals got to show what they could do. And then I want to say the radicals turned on McFoley and aligned with Triple H that night. Oh yes, you're right. And then yeah. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a match that they have later on where it's Triple H with them versus McFoley, The Rock, and. A few other people in Kane returns. Don't to help fuck them around with this steel trap because you're going to get caught. No, no, no. I don't know what fuck that man. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just combo. saying, I, I fucked up. I was thinking of the wrong match. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Nah. And I got to tell you guys, I'm, I mean, this is where I geek out a little bit. This might have been, in my opinion, probably the. This is this to me is where the best wrestling has ever happened in this in this time frame, like this two thousand to two thousand four. Oh man, this is just fucking ridiculous. The, the amount of talent in this in this federation at this time is. But you want to know what? You go back and look at the names amazing. after the Attitude Era, and you go back and look at the names that are there. Well, like, this was kind of sure. during this was during the Attitude Era when they got the Radicals over, but Radicals spilled over yeah. into you know like two thousand two, two thousand three when the war was over, and. WWF never fully got behind fucking solid wrestling. They wanted characters. They always did. And if you could wrestle good, yeah. great. But there was always the WWF style of wrestling. Always. Chris yeah. you know, Triple H is really good at it. Uh, Angle was born into it, basically. Uh, Michaels obviously knew how to do that. Hulk was born into Natural. it, basically, for the most part. And, like, you know, you Hulk. and Austin knew how to do it very well. And especially after he got injured, it was like, okay, The Rock is a perfect product of what the WWF style is. You, you're athletic. Sure. You do good moves. There, but you're not like a, a technical wizard. But your characters, you know, on uh, you know, out of a hundred, it's three hundred, you know, and like it's just kind of 
they never they were all the silent guys. Benoit Guerrero hadn't learned his voice yet. And, uh, you know, Saturn was super silent and and Malenko introverted, you know, like those three guys yeah. were just really like so it was hard. They had to be like the military. They were broken down and built back up. You got great wrestling from them because they were great wrestlers. But like it, it WWF never embraced that. That wasn't all that got that that got Vince not even semi hard. Like that, you could wrestle good, but when you cut a good promo, ah, my penis is huge. Like, so it's just oh, like oh. you do characters. Oh my god, you make fart jokes. Like, and so like that's that's what why Vince, that's why Enzo lasted so long, right? There you go. Well, like yeah, it's just Vince loved that stuff. He loved that silly shit, and so like it yeah. just unfortunately. Soft. I agree Soft. with you. I agree with you. From like 2002 to like 2006, there was fantastic wrestling in the WWF because of Angle oh, yes. and Benoit and Guerrero and Jericho and all those people. That's and why the Ruthless Aggression era was better than the Attitude era. As well, far as in ring-wise, but like, you know, not, yes. you know, not, it's just... It, not promo-wise. Yeah. Not, not even yeah, promo-wise. I, I don't even want to, we're, we're getting off way off task, but I mean, I, 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 I hear every, I, I know that all this emotion is so raw with me because it's, if the if Vince just understood, it, he always thought that he was professional wrestling from a certain after Vince was able to do it when he won the war. Vince is like, oh, by the way, we're fucking entertainment. We're not professional wrestling. We can finally get rid of that dirty professional wrestling word. It has been said that anything can happen here in the World Wrestling Federation, but now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken. This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Even though we call ourselves sports entertainment because of the athleticism involved, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. The WWF extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the wide. And like he, and yeah. that really, that is his product. And for better or for worse, he lost good talent along the way because he just that's that's my monkier. We're not pro wrestling. And it's changed professional wrestling forever. But what it if has. you lose Perry Saturn? I don't care. But what if you lose this yeah. person? I don't care. What if you lose this? Uh, I don't care. Like, that's just what... And he stuck to it, you know? I mean, every good, you know, CEO or owner of a company or whatever, you do, you pick your war cry and you fucking stick to it and you move forward and you adjust it as you go. But, like, you stick, you go forward and, you know, he had proven success with the Austin characters and the Hulks and the Triple H's and the Mick Foley's and the DX's and the Rocks and, the Rocks and, and Shawn Michaels and... So I think I got time... I tell you people a little story. Y'all want to hear a story? If you want to hear a story, give me a hell yeah. When I say a story about a man named Jed. You know that- All the over-the-top characters and shit. Like, he had great success with them. So who you, how are you going to argue? You know, they brought in millions and millions of dollars and got casual fans in, and that which is the most important to him. Casual dollars, baby. That's where it's at. And like all the boom periods consist of casual fans. That's how it gets there. And and but Benoit was never going to bring him there. Malenko was never going to bring him there. Uh, Guerrero at the time and even in his prime was never going to bring him there. And it just wasn't going to happen that way. And it sucks because my feeling of those guys like Jericho, Guerrero, Malenko and Benoit specifically are so strong because I love them so much and I love their work and like everything they did and like it just like it was never going to work there but that was the only show in town at that point after WCW took a shit in 2001 and it was bought it was like now you're at the mercy where are you going to go ECW died the same the same month really right as WCW died I think yeah. like so it's just like it was over and it was just kind of like well this is what it is so th- these guys, if they wanted to continue to live their lives as pro wrestlers, you were stuck in the entertainment promotion. You just were. It sucks. It's what happened. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Uh, so just to give you some quick rundowns of matches you might want to check out, um, Benoit quickly won his first title in WWE uh, just over a month later at WrestleMania 2000. He pinned Chris Jericho in a triple threat match to win Kurt Angle's IC championship. Benoit just hit that that headbutt from the top. Will this wait, be wait, Yes, and Benoit is the Intercontinental Champion. The winner of the fall. Pretty dope. Uh, also, the first time period that Benoit wrestled in his first pay-per-view main events, he challenged The Rock for the WWF title at Fully Loaded in July. Um, sounds amazing, right? Check him out. Um, Benoit, and then he also uh, wrestled him at Unforgiven as well. On both occasions, it looked like Benoit had uh, appeared to won the title, but he had the de- decision reversed. 
uh, loan time by, by Mick Foley due to cheating on Benoit's part. And then he simultaneously entered into a long-running feud with Jericho for the IC title. The two meeting at Backlash, Judgment Day, SummerSlam, go find him. I mean, he won all three of those matches. And the feud finally culminated in Jericho beating Benoit in the latter match at the Royal Rumble in January of 2001. So he won the IC title three times between uh, April 2000 and January of 2001. Sounds like here. There was just so much. Um, I mean, I know we're yachty yachting past all those matches, but God, that stuff's incredible. If you have a couple hours, if you ever have a free couple hours, just go and watch them. And like, you know, it was again. Yeah, it was. It was the breaking down like military style. We're going to break you down and then build you back up the WWF style in entertainment style. And, you know, the talented ones last and the not so talented ones fall by the wayside. And, you know, Benoit and Guerrero and Jericho lasted. You know, they figured it out. After Jericho's a while. still wrestling today. Yeah, they figured it out and everything. And that's great. You know, and that's why we're talking about Benoit because he was one of those guys that figured it out. And uh, but it's just, yeah, all these matches, we don't mean to yada yada pass. You got to go watch them. But man, like he did start getting when Vince started getting a little bit of a confidence in him and realize that later on that like okay the land of the big guy's gone again you know rock was a big imposing guy a larger than life character so was austin and like it triple h always was too but he could be heel or face so he could you know and he was humping the boss's daughter so like that always helped him in the back too so like it but they started getting more confidence in benoit obviously in late in 2003 and 2004 a lot of that started with the belief of paul Heyman, who had worked on them before and started writing smackdown in 03 so I'm sorry, David. I mean, if I can interrupt you. No, no, no. You're good. No, you're pissed. And spe- speaking of Benoit turning face, uh, he actually turned face feuding first with uh, former stable mates of the Radicals uh, and then also with Kurt Angle. He actually yes. wrestled and lost to Kurt Angle at WrestleMania X7. And I think everybody here agrees. Uh, first of all, ever. You, right. you're a, you, so. you put a spoiler out there because whenever we do like underappreciated WrestleMania matches or moments again, that is going to be on there. That match at WrestleMania 17, which I'm going to go watch <laughs> after we get done with this, by the way, um, because yeah. you just reminded me of it, um, <laughs> is fucking, fucking fantastic. You know, WrestleMania 17, I know Dave disagrees or whatever, but, you know, he's the host and nobody cares about the host. Um, he <laughs> doesn't agree with me that WrestleMania 17 was the greatest WrestleMania. I think WrestleMania 17 was the greatest I, WrestleMania. I, I, I never time. said that. You so did. I will go back and find. <laughs> I did. You did. You said I brought it up one oh. time and I said it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that's exactly what you said. It was probably on that episode, the underrated matches, underrated wrestling. Maybe matches. I think it was. I think it was. You're right, cuz I'm just gonna agree with you. You're right. Fuck you, Dave. Anyway, God. and you're gonna lose the tournament. You're gonna lose King of the Tournament. We're enemies. I don't even like Dave. He's fucking done. It's all good. He's gonna yeah, take. We'll make up later. He's gonna take so many shots. It's fucking ridiculous. Any hoozle. So, I hope so. I hope so. I got, <laughs> I got gin. I got good gin waiting for that, just in case. So he gained some uh, a little bit of revenge there after he beat Angle in an ultimate submission match at Backlash. Uh, <laughs> just another amazing match. What year was this? The feud continued. What? What year was this? Oh, three? Well, yeah, he, he basically lost at WrestleMania 7, and then he, he beat Angle uh, at Backlash. Okay, on. so we're going in. Okay, it's 2001 still. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're still no one. Sorry, uh, the feud continued. Benoit stole Angle's cherished Olympic gold medal. That's fun, and then they they actually ended that feud at Judgment Day. Angle won a two out of three falls match with the help of Edge and Christian, and then Benoit teamed up with his former rival Jericho to, to defeat Edge and Christian that in a in that night's tag team turmoil match. And then we got into uh, we get into Raw's War the next night. Benoit and Jericho defeat the tag team champions of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. I still think that's crazy that those guys teamed up. It was after Austin turned heel at Mania 17, and they did the power trip thing between Triple H and uh, and, uh, uh, Austin. They won the tag belts, Austin and Triple H did. And in Canada, uh, on an episode of Raw, Jericho and Benoit beat them for the tag belts, and it was like a really, really good. That was a night that Triple H tore his quad. Not his quad. uh, Was his quad? Or his ACL? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was his quad. 
Did you cover that? No, no. no we're not that was a, that was a big moment. Relation. You know, that was like the first inkling where <laughs> Vince was kind of like, okay, he realized that The Rock is gone. This is what we talked about in a past episode where dumb shit Vince, for some odd reason, like he was trying to pacify trying, trying Stone Cold Hill, right? Well, yeah, he was trying to pacify Stone Cold because Stone Cold thought that you know the face Austin was getting boring, so he wanted to turn heel at Mania. So Austin pushed and pushed and pushed forward. So they turned Austin heel, which is fine. I'm not saying I had a problem with Austin, Austin being heel, archives, by but the he, way. huh? What? In our Austin archives, by the way. Yes, yes. And, and the problem is, though, is like Austin like could have turned heel, which I don't have a problem with. But why do you have to line him with Vince McMahon, the very guy that he opposed to make the explosion and make them finally rise up and beat WCW and make Austin like a household name? And that dynamic between those two was like the gold, right? And even though it was wearing thin in 2001, why make him like it's just so Vince was so soap opera and he just loved it. I, I, I know why, Jess. I know why. Why? Because it's good shit. Right. Well, I mean, and that you could have turned Austin heel. I'm want, I'm not opposed of Austin turning heel at Mania 17. I'm opposed to turning to heel it. and aligning himself with Vince. It makes no sense. And so then after that, I'm like, oh, they got to have. They're going to turn Triple H face, and then it's going to be those two chasing each other throughout the summer. That's cool too, because The Rock made it public that he was leaving to film a movie and go to Hollywood and all this stuff, and WWE knew it. And then so like they didn't. They kept both Triple H and Austin heel, made them team together, so. They had no faces because Rock was gone to chase them, and of course, yeah, it, and you lose, and you lose Benoit too, who could have been a great. Well, face and they the did. Time, they tried so to that one week. They put him in out. Canada. They they won the tag titles from those two, and it was a great moment. But then after that, they had them drop the tag titles, and then Jericho and Benoit were back to WWE training camp, well, getting a, broken down. It's and a great back moment. Up. It's a great moment in Canada. Unfortunately, you can't. Right. You can't it's like a, it's weird. Forever. And so like, yeah, so I, I just wanted to mention that because we yada yada passed that. And that was a big moment. Like it was it was, it was historical sure. because Triple H had that injury that altered his career. But at the same time, like they both won the tag and the pop was huge. And like you saw like, oh, my God, finally, these WCW guys, they're using like and and I loved Benoit, of course, and I love Jericho. So it was cool to see that happen. But anyway, go ahead. Go. Uh, sorry, yeah. 2001, 2002. Well, you know, we'll, we'll roll into him coming back. So actually during the first draft for WWE, when they're doing the brand split, Vince picked Benoit third, uh, even though he was still injured. But when he returned, he wasn't on SmackDown. You know why? Because shit changes, pal. Uh, so he actually became back as a member of the Raw roster. And on his first night back, he turns heel, aligns himself with Eddie. Uh, feuds with Stone Cold briefly, and then he and Guerrero were moved to SmackDown during a storyline open season on wrestler contracts. Benoit takes his newly won IC championship with him, which is pretty cool. I'm taking this shit with me. And then Rob Van Dam defeated Benoit at SummerSlam and returned the title to Raw. Another great match. Holy shit. Um, I, I can't think of a match that's not a holy shit match with Benoit. I can't think of a bad well, one. Well, and I, let me be, I'm going to be the shit guy here. Like, well, who did he face at WrestleMania 18? Was he out? No, he was back, right? No, I think he was out. He was out. Injury, okay, yeah. fine. So he wasn't. A, but then uh, the next year at uh, WrestleMania 19, he was in a fucking tag match. Like, what the fuck are you doing with Benoit at this point? You could have been building him from when he came back to 03. I know Paul <laughs> Heyman loved him on the SmackDown side, and he won the tag titles with Kurt Angle, and they had a great. Well, that's your answer right there. When Paul pushes someone too hard, that's the problem. No, not even that. He pushed him hard. It saved him because, like, those mega matches, and I'm going to jump ahead to them with Angle in the beginning of 2003 and late 2002, were just fucking yeah. goddamn classics. The Angle moonsault off the steel cage, you know, and everything. Their cage match, their ladder match, and I think it was Royal Rumble 03. Their ladder match, like, it was fucking amazing. Like, Paul Heyman always knew, you want to get Angle over as a champion? Put him in there with fucking Benoit. And it sucked because even Paul Heyman, because he didn't have the backing of the company. So Heyman knew, I can't push Benoit to be world champion, but I can use him to face the world champion. And Kurt Angle is so mega talented that these guys are just going to fucking like tear the house down. And they did starting with WrestleMania 17. They laid off each other for a while, like a year, because Benoit was injured and stuff. And then they get right back together under the SmackDown banner with Paul Heyman. And all of their matches were pure fucking gold. All of them were like yeah. the steel cage match, yeah. the ladder match. I talked about it at Royal Rumble 03. Just so fucking good. All of them are. Yeah, they they uh, they become tag team champions and they they um, they betray Los Guerreros. They beat Los Guerreros in a title mm-hmm. defense. I mean, come on. They lost championships to to Edge and Rey Mysterio. Uh, two out of three falls there. Um, you know, 
they just <clears throat> they just keep rolling, man. I mean, they receive a, a rematch of the Survivor Series in a triple threat elimination match against Edge and Mysterio and Los Guerreros. They mm-hmm. failed to win those titles. They were the first team eliminated. Uh, Benoit turns face after that. They split up. And like I said, Angle wins his third uh, WWE Championship from Big Show, and Benoit faces him at Royal Rumble. And that's just an incredible match. Uh, although Benoit lost the match, he receives a standing ovation. Uh, he returns to the tag team ray- rankings with Rhino. That's fucking stupid. Um, WrestleMania 19, uh, the tag team champions there, uh, Team Angle, which is Haas and Benjamin. God, one of the kind of talk about underrated. Jesus. They put their titles on the line against Benoit and Rhino. Um, and But Team Angle retains that. Uh, Benjamin actually pins Chavo there. And then WrestleMania 19. Um, he was in a dumb tag <clears throat> match, and they wasted his talent. Go yeah, on. Fo- Go fo- on. Following, following WrestleMania yeah. 19, Benoit feuded with yeah, John he, Cena. Yeah, he's in a main event feud with fucking Kurt Angle and tears the house down. And I know the ultimate prize was for Brock to beat Angle at 19. But, like, God, Jesus Christ. Like, fucking Vince and them were just so – they were dumb as rocks. They still are now. Yeah. They still are now. Yeah. John Cena wears a shirt that says toothless aggression on it. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> Just yada yada pass this <laughs> shit because I want to get to the yeah, meet. I want to get to Mania 20. Let's get to hey, the okay, good stuff. We'll get to June. WCW, uh, US, uh, WCW US Championship was reactivated and it was named the United States Championship and Benoit participated in that tournament. He lost in the finals to Eddie at oh. Vengeance. Well, at least it was to Eddie. That title for the next month. What's at that? least it was to Eddie. Yeah, and Benoit went on to defeat the lights of A-Train, Big Show, eliminating Brock Lesnar uh, by submission of Survivor Series as a part of the elimination tag team chance between Team Angle and Team Lesnar. As a result, Benoit challenged Lesnar for the WWE Championship on the December 4th episode of SmackDown, but lost after passing out to Lesnar um, using the Brock Lock. The Brock Lock, Jesus Christ. Submission hold. What was that? Um, Whatever. I don't even know, bro. I have to look that. Was one. it like just pressuring the company into signing him to a lesser date and more money contract? Is that the Brock Lock? Mm, yeah, oh no, that's what they call it now. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about right now. That's what yeah. they call the Brock Lock now. Yeah, yeah. They call I, I call it bullshit. <sighs> but okay. Um, so general manager Paul Heyman had a vendetta against Benoit along with Lesnar, um, and he would prevent him from gaining a shot at Lesnar's title because he's a Lesnar guy, right? But hey, guess what? We're getting into the fun stuff now. Uh, Benoit actually does get a little title run here. Just a smidge, which everybody fucking loves, right? One of the best times ever. Benoit wins a qualifying match for the 2004 Royal Rumble uh, against full-blooded Italians in a handicap match with John Cena. Heyman named him as the number one entry because, like, yeah, you get into the Royal Rumble, but you're number one. But he actually wins that Royal Rumble on January Last eliminating the big show. That's right, and he earned a world title shot at WrestleMania 20. He became only the second WWE performer to win the Royal Rumble as the number one entrant along with Shawn Michaels. Benoit oh fuck Shawn Michaels! Uh, you know what? That was from the 1995 <laughs> Royal Rumble, and they cut the they cut the entry times down. It was only a minute and a half between entrants. So fuck Shawn Michaels. He was number one, and he won that Royal Rumble, and it was the shortest Royal Rumble in history. Nobody talks about that. Fuck Shawn Michaels. Go on. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, they they didn't say one was longer than the other, but you can. I'm you saying can one was longer than the other. Don't talk about the heart. Yeah, yeah. You can say it. It's fine. Shawn it's all Mike. good. And Chris Benoit won a so full on like WWF Royal Rumble, the right one. Shawn Michaels was promoted at number one when it was. They were obvious. They yeah. told everyone we're shortening the times down to make the Royal Rumble more action packed. It's only going to be a minute and thirty between entrants. Now I know if you listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, none of it makes any sense. They just fucking bring people in when they want. But fuck, it was the shortest yeah. Royal Rumble. They in just history. wait for spots, so like, really. That's what they're doing. Michaels won yeah, at number right one spot. in 95 to rest my point in the shortest Royal Rumble in history. Fuck Shawn That's Michaels. Fine. Anyway, go on. Okay, pal. Don't worry, we'll edit that out. Don't worry. No, we're not going to edit shit out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You so it, it, it's kind of a cool story. When he wins that Royal Rumble, everybody assumes he's going to wrestle for the SmackDown title because that's where he is. But he uses this nice little loophole and gets traded to Raw and immediately says, I'm going after Triple H for the title. And that's pretty dope, I think. The match was originally intended to be a one-on-one match. Uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, whose last man standing match against Triple H at the Royal Rumble for the 
uh, championship there ended in a draw. Um, he thought he deserved to be in it. This is why Jess hates Sean so much. Uh, when it was time for Benoit to sign that contract, Michael super kicked him and signed his name on the contract. And that's where you get a triple threat match, which kind of sucks because I think a lot of people think that Triple H puts this in the way because, well, there's no way he could beat me head to head. Fuck yeah, he could. He would murder you in real life. God, I keep saying I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're a terrible No, no, no. You know what? I don't mind. I don't mind the triple threat. I love the way they set it up. I'll be honest. I do. And you know what? I don't fault Triple H. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people did say that. Why couldn't Benoit just beat him in a one-on-one match? First of all, um, it's easy for me to say now because we know how good the match was, but like adding Shawn Michaels would not hurt that match. But secondly, Triple H ended up tapping out and losing to Benoit. Benoit did not beat Michaels, which caused that would be the cheap way out. would be like, fuck you, Triple H. You want to take the loss. Triple H took the fucking submission in the middle of the ring and got caught in the crippled cost face and fucking tapped out. And it was, I said it before and I'll say it again. It's my, one of my favorite triple threat matches ever. And it's one of my favorite WrestleMania main events. And it was fantastic. It is well, it is well done. The ending sequence, the last two minutes, go back and watch the last two minutes. And I challenge you to find any other great, any, any better ending sequence to a triple threat match, especially or any match. Like it was just so good. It was was three, three pros in there. And I'll say it. Even with Triple H and Michaels in the same sentence, three pros in there, fucking, they killed it. They fucking crushed it and did oh, fantastic. Yeah. And like, it was a great match. It was a great way to give Benoit the title. We all know that Guerrero came in and hugged him because Guerrero defended his title earlier in the night. And the two guys that were like the heart of WCW, basically, like when WCW was trying to figure out who should we push, those guys were right fucking in front of their face, right under their nose. And like, so it was just yep. kind of fitting that those two guys that kind of grew, they came up together, they toured together, they were in Japan together they were in mexico together they knew each other very well and like it was cool it was a great moment it was a really good moment yeah so to your point benoit wins that go. w or that there's sorry that wwe championship match or raw championship uh match by forcing triple h to tap out to his signature move the crippler crossface Uh, like I said, highly acclaimed. It's a, it's a much see. You you have to watch it if you haven't seen it, or if you haven't seen it in a while, you should go back and check it out. Um, yeah. It also is the first time the main event of WrestleMania ended in a submission. By the way, what? Uh, and then he, yeah, Do- yeah. That's hey, it's here. It's all here all right. in the in the notes, okay, my friend. Okay. And then you know, as you said, Eddie Guerrero comes out because he um. In, a, in a, another underrated match at a WrestleMania, you know, Guerrero versus, Angle. Uh, you know, Kurt Angle for that title yeah. on SmackDown is absolutely amazing. Um, the boot we talk about in our archives under underrated moments. Fantastic stuff. So two WCW um, guys going over. Born, yeah, going over born, WWE going born over guys. At WrestleMania. Yeah, or WWE. Fucking That's right. Guys. The, that's right. So, yeah. and you know, Benoit celebrated, and basically the the rematch was held at Backlash, and Benoit's hometown. Michaels actually ended up submitting to Benoit Sharpshooter, allowing him to retain the title. Okay, the three months mm. following his victory at Backlash, mm-hmm. Benoit and Edge engaged in a rivalry with La Resistance for the Rivalry. World Tag Team Championships. Uh, they saw a series of matches where simultaneously having confrontations with Kane over the world title. Benoit wrestled in two matches at Bad Blood in his respective rivalries. He and Edge failed to regain their tag team tap- titles there, but he did successfully defend his world title against Kane. And a month later, he also retained that title against Triple H. So he's doing a lot of work. He's not he's not sitting down on this title. That is for damn well, sure. Well, then we get to SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, Randy Orton actually defeats Chris Benoit at SummerSlam. And 
then he teams with William Regal on forgiving no, against Ric Flair stop. and Batista in a win. This effort. is where I know you, you want to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about this. I love yeah. Orton, and Go I ahead. loved Orton coming up to this like point too, because Orton was really like a great Intercontinental Champion. They pushed him. He had a great match against Mick Foley, and like all, yes. and it was good. And they they featured him at WrestleMania 20. They were really pushing him as part of Evolution as like the new guy. Here's my yeah. Okay, I gotta calm the fuck down. <laughs> I don't, I right, don't fault them for taking the title off Benoit, because look, I was mad at the time, but looking back, I understand they took it off Guerrero and they took it off Benoit at the same time because they just weren't going to get it done. And the thing is, is like it. Well, hold on, Jess. Let me tell you. Let me just to go back to a point. Um, isn't that kind of the proof as to why? When people ask, why did you add Shawn Michaels to the Triple Threat match at WrestleMania? The Triple H versus Benoit alone, would that have done it? No, and maybe not. You're right. Maybe not. And and Michaels adding that you know, his flamboyant yeah. character like was was definitely what they needed. And I, yes. I I don't I don't dispute that Benoit and Triple H would not have been a good match. I think it would have been really good. Oh, it would have been. But great. I think with Michaels in there, it it, it added to it. But the, it it's. Vince is always looking for that next Rock Hogan Austin. He just is yes. all the time. And he, he put the title on Benoit because enough people on the back, including Triple H and Shawn Michaels, to their defense, were like, ben, get put it on Benoit, put it on Guerrero. Let's fucking do this. Let's put it on. The fans like them, right? There's a huge difference between the fans liking someone and then that someone being can translate to mainstream media and the casual fan. And I'm not saying that casual fans didn't like Guerrero. He's different. Guerrero had a great character and he's very larger than life in that sense. But they, it always comes down to we can bitch at Vince for liking the Giants all we want to. But when he finds that one giant, that one giant somehow puts us into a wrestling boom period. You know what I mean? Like, and it just, it is, it's the truth. And it's few and far between. And it's frustrating in between the boom periods because you're like, why can't you see the good wrestling right in front of your face, Vince? Why can't you see the good talent right there? But Vince always is looking for it. Yeah, but I'm looking beyond, man. Like, I, I, we, I can put good matches on all day if I want to. But you're not. the casual fans are not going to watch good matches all the time. They're just going to be like, whatever. They're going to watch that larger-than-life character that reaches through that TV screen and pulls them in. That's what they're going to like. They're going to like The Rock. They're going to like Austin and that dynamic between Austin and Vince. They're going to like Hulk. They're going to like those guys and even the undertaker to a certain extent i'm not saying the undertaker led us to a boom period but he's that character that people can be like that guy's cool man he's dead right like i mean they just they, they like those fans that's what they that vince wants their dollars doesn't matter what color the dollar is or you know what part of the country the dollar's from it's all dollars right it's all u.s currency so vince wants it and whatever sparks it and it just sucks because i knew not talking about guerrero we can kind of put him in a different category in a different conversation for later but Benoit was so boring on the mic and he had no character and I, I loved his in-ring work and I supported him and I was so fucking happy when he won at Mania 20 and it was awesome but when he lost to Orton I was like of course he did because look at Orton look at him he's tall he's handsome he had a good character he was a legend killer he was part of evolution now I don't like the way Triple H and them booked him afterwards but that's again another podcast altogether but looking back I understand why they took the belt off Benoit. I get it. That was your one shot, my friend. And it sucked because the hardcore wrestling fans were like, oh, well, he'll win it back again. No, he won't because that was it. You know, Vince every now and then will get weak and get tired of the when the Triple H's and the Shawn Michaels in the back gets in your ear. Fucking do it, Vince. Fucking do it. Fucking put it on Benoit. Fucking do it. Fucking do it. Fine. Fuck. Fine. Like he'll do it. But then a few <laughs> months later, are ticket sales going up? No. Forget the fact that they had a brand split, right? And ticket sales were down all over because now you split your brand. So you had raw house shows and SmackDown house shows, which were both down. Fuck that. Vince is now going to take all of it together and be like, how are ticket sales, pals? And they're going to be like, well, not very good. That's because I listened to you and I did put it on Benoit. You guys need to learn, especially my son-in-law over here. You have to learn that it's bright characters. It's big, larger-than-life characters. Oh, Triple H. Oh, 
Anyway, so that's why. So that's why. Long story short, like I, I was mad at the time that why the fuck, like why just let Benoit ride with it. But I guess you know, like when you're running a company and you you've seen the highs of highs, right, and you've seen the lows of lows, you don't want to see. And you're splitting a brand, you're splitting your company. I hate siding with Vince sometimes because most of the time he's a big fucking bully and he pisses me off and he refuses. But Vince always, once you get a taste of that like mainstream ride, the rocking '80s, the Attitude Era, once you get that taste, you're like I, I. See, I know when I find it, I know it. But I know Benoit is not it. I know these guys on it. Their sperm is not it. Like it doesn't. It's, it's not it. So like it, Vince knew it, and like I hate it. It sucks. And they, they again, we'll talk about Orton's reign the way they fucking fucked that up because of Triple H anyway. Um, but it, I, I look back now and I'm like, I get it. It sucks that because really after this. Benoit kind of went downhill like it really sucks that it happened that way but it did he went downhill in a big way and like it I'm not saying that keeping the title on Benoit would have changed what history became but it, I understand why they took it off him well this you know? is this is really the peak of anyone's career is winning the biggest title on the grandest stage I mean where it, very few people can get higher than that I always say and, and I'll get off my high horse I always say there are some people that are going to be talented and they're just good workers and that's the purpose that they serve. That's their role. You know, God, Kurt Henning should have been mm-hmm. world champion. No, he shouldn't have. No. God, Rick Rude should have been world champion. No, he shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like, Benoit was lucky enough when they split the brands to get that opportunity to win one of the two championships, right? So, to me, yeah. that's, a, that's a reward. Guerrero, same thing. If there was one ultimate world champion, I don't know if either one of those guys ever would have won it. I really don't. Not with people like Brock and Triple H and you know what I mean? Like and even Angle yeah, those monsters, kind of, yeah. Angle could translate, you know, and, and the rock coming back here and there. And you know, they would have figured out something. So I don't blame them on putting it on a big, tall, young stud like to quote Jim Ralph, a big stud like Randy Orton, because I get it, you know. Uh, but well, he's like you said, he's looking for the next big thing, yes. and Randy Orton really and, could have and been Benoit that. And Guerrero just weren't issues. it, and Guerrero was a great character, and, and Benoit was a great wrestler, and I get the fondness that you think of, and I get all of that. I really, truly do, because I'm one of those guys that feel that. But at the same time, it's like, I, we, we should have, at the time, we were mad when they got the titles taken off them, but we should have just been like, I'm glad it happened at all. Because honestly, because well, you're not, you're not snagging the average. Ten years before that, that, it never would have happened at all. It, it never would have. Yeah. The, you know agree, the end of the NWO didn't capture it sucks, but it's true. the NWO didn't capture the imagination because of Benoit and Guerrero. It just didn't, and and it's just it's it's a sad fact of life that you have the stars that will attract the mainstream media and attract the casual wrestling fan because they just have that appeal, and then you're going to have the workers that will kind of always go underappreciated, and they'll have their bright spots here and there. I'm glad that Benoit and I'm glad that Guerrero got their chance to shine. But looking back at the time, I was mad. But looking back, it is what it is, right? It had to happen this way. It just did. Yeah, a couple of notables here, and we'll we'll keep going until we get to the U.S. Championship stuff. But uh, actually, Benoit wins a world tag team title with Edge, even though Edge bails on him in the middle of the match, kind of wins it on his own. Kind of interesting. And uh, they go on a feud as well during that old time frame. They really hate each other. Uh, Also... There is a little thing called the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 21, where, <laughs> I mean, you've got uh, what Chris Jericho, Shelton Benjamin, uh, obviously Benoit in there. I mean, it's just uh, Kane, Christian are all in that in that match. Edge wins that match by knocking Benoit off of uh, and smashing into his arm with the ladder, and he actually he wins that. I'm sorry, he mean Edge wins that Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, if I'm not mistaken, and that's just. That that shit is just lights out. There's 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 a lot of good money in the bank ladder matches, but that's one of the best in my opinion. It's pretty incredible stuff. Um, anything with Shelton Benjamin in the ladder match too, by the way, is fire. Just a little side note. Yeah, I totally I agree. Right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. He, he's he's so freaking underrated. I mean, we're it's, we're it's in our last ten minute stretch right here, just so you know. But like, I, and I know we got to fast forward to what we don't want to talk about, but. It, yeah. it, I'm glad that we we talk about Benoit. He had like that that feud with Orlando Jordan, right? You know, with the U.S. title. Didn't he beat Orlando Jordan like 700 times in a row or something weird for the U.S. belt? And they did all that. <laughs> yeah. They revitalized ECW. Benoit kind of got put in the ECW brand, which a lot of people thought was a demotion. But they really put it there because they and they put Angle there too because they really wanted the ECW brand to succeed at first. Um, it didn't end up succeed, succeeding at all. Um, but at the same time, like yeah, Benoit kind of got dismissed down there, and then. Uh, it happened. 
you know, what happened, happened. We uh, uh, get to that point. I don't mean to rush you, Dave. I just know we're on a time constraint here and we got to talk about that. Yeah. What happened. And I really don't want to talk about the Guerrero situation at the same time. I mean, Eddie, Eddie dies in this time frame as well. Oh, and that crushed Benoit. That was one of the things, thing. you that know, crushed him. Yeah. So you have, you have to kind of mention, I just don't want to go into it. I'm sure we'll talk about that at a later date. Yeah. But that, I mean, that was, that is really Benoit's closest friend. I mean, they'd known each other for over 20 years at that point. I mean, uh, when that when that goes down. So, you know, it's just it's hard, you know, and like I said, Jess, uh, you can take it as far as you want to. I can lay the facts down, but you can talk about um, obviously he he does a ton of stuff. You know, he's going through talk. He's wrestling Chavo. He's wrestling all these people. And then eventually uh, he's he's part he's drafted to ECW because Vince wants to revitalize that. And he thinks Benoit's the perfect person. But that along, in my opinion, with Eddie's death sends Benoit into a devastating downward spiral along with other items that we'll talk about that's going on with him physically and mentally. He was having, yeah, he was having problems with his marriage at this time. And it could have been, again, a lot of the stuff we're learning afterwards that this is all because of his mental state. Nobody knew it at the time because he was so introverted that a lot of people just thought he was good old Chris, you know, um, he talked about his yeah. family, he talked about his son, especially and all that. And like, so it was just Chris on the road. He liked, but Eddie Guerrero's death hit him really hard. And that started it. He took, he took personally ECW as a demotion and he thought he did something wrong or thought he wasn't working out in the main roster. And, you know, it, it just, it, it was hard because he was one of the guys that came up in the late eighties and early nineties where wrestling was kind of real in the sense of like you wrestled stiff and you protected the business and all that stuff. So if you stayed on the main roster, or you stayed at the top of the card, you were doing really well, even though wrestling had changed so much since Vince bought WWCW and uh, went public and all that stuff and changed it to WWE and all that stuff. Like these guys, they didn't really realize that was going on around them. They just came to work every day to be a professional wrestler. And they're in this company that was solely changing to an entertainment company, not a professional wrestling company. And as a matter of fact, professional wrestling was a bad word. So you have all that going on, all that change around you. The wrestling audience is changing. We're we're not, we're leaving a boom period, and we're going to just a period where everyone's trying to figure out what works and all that. And and he, I, there's no excuse for what happened. But at the same time, like it, uh, we find out later that his brain was badly damaged. You know, Benoit wrestled a super, super hard style for all all of his years, basically. The headbutts off the top rope, the stuff that he would do, and 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 there was not the concussion protocol. Because of Benoit, the concussion protocol became a thing, and they really started pushing it and looking at head trauma from pro wrestlers. Because the general consensus of wrestling, right, is that it's stupid and fake. You're just bouncing around on the mattress with ropes around it, right? It's so easy. Oh, my God. It's so easy. And so many people have that perception of it if you're just a casual watcher or you're just a average fucking idiot. Like, you don't understand that, that these guys, uh, especially the era, he was one of the last people that came from that era where it was like, we keep it secret. It's a fraternity. It's, it's our brotherhood. And, like, we fucking make it look real for you. And so as wrestling adapted and came up in the 90s, people realized that they didn't want that fake acrobatic stuff. You know, like Benoit liked that snug, fucking real looking shit. So in order to make it look real, you got to hurt yourself, too, sometimes. And he did that. Like I said, the headbutt and all that stuff. And that really was mm-hmm. that was taking its toll on him. And he became the perfect example of it in the worst way possible when it found what happened. I'm I'm a little hazy. They were doing a weekend tour. I I, I can I got yeah. it from here. I can I can give you the timeline. I'll just take it to where the police enter yeah. on June 25th, 2007. The police entered Chris Benoit's home in Georgia because uh, WWE actually requested a welfare check. He Benoit had missed several weekend events without notice. He had said that his family was vomiting up blood because of food poisoning, and then he just kind of stopped talking to him. Um, that's when the officers discovered the bodies of Benoit, his wife Nancy, and their seven-year-old son Daniel. Uh, about so ba- and not, I'm not trying to cut you off, but that to be clear – at first, when they were like, why aren't you making your shots? He's like, oh, my family, we must all have really bad food poisoning. We're all vomiting blood. And like, you know, so we're really sick. And so that kind of bought yeah. him a couple days of off the road. Go on, Dave. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want, yeah. I want no, to be no, clear yeah, on that's, that. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, that's OK. And, you know, upon investigation, there were no additional suspects. Um, it was determined that at one point that Benoit had committed those murders. Over that three-day period that Justice is talking about, that's where days get bought, if you can call it that. Benoit had killed his wife and his son. Before committing suicide, um, his wife was bound before she was killed, and his son was drugged with Xanax and most likely unconscious before Chris strangled him. 
Benoit committed suicide by hanging himself on his lap pull-down machine. Uh, this is where it just gets really hard. Um, I mean, that's tough enough, but this is where, like, for WWE, they put themselves in the worst position possible, not on purpose, and not. I mean, they were trying. Because yeah, when they got when it right. first got investigated, they didn't know it was just like all three were dead. Yeah, they're still investigating, but they're like, Chris is dead. We yeah, nobody. Th- people thought they thought it was a triple murder. Exactly. So they canceled the three-hour-long live Raw show on the 25th, and they replaced that broadcast version with a three-hour tribute to his life and career featuring past matches, segments from Hard Knocks, the Chris Benoit story. In the third hour of that show, in the third hour of that show, it broke that he was a suspect of killing his wife and kid. Tonight, this arena here in Corpus Christi, Texas, was to have been filled to capacity with enthusiastic WWE fans. Tonight's storyline was to have been the alleged demise of my character, Mr. McMahon. However, in reality, WWE superstar Chris Benoit, his wife Nancy, and their son Daniel are dead. Their bodies were discovered this afternoon in their new suburban Atlanta home. The authorities are undergoing an investigation we here in the WWE can only offer our condolences to the extended family of Chris Benoit. And the only other thing we can do at this moment is tonight pay tribute to Chris Benoit. We'll offer you some of the most memorable moments in Chris's yeah, How fucking so crazy once those that? details became apparent, yeah, and they had and they had to go through with it. It's it's terrible that by the third hour they started to realize what had actually happened, and uh, the timing is just absolutely terrible and and horrible because they're giving this tribute to him and he's a murderer. I mean, that's just it's uh it's it's just so awful. And this is where it gets even crazier, not crazier, but I understand we understand why WWE does everything they, that they do. We're not trying to say, oh my god, I can't believe you did this. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened because they just, they don't know what they don't know until they do know. And they just quickly and quietly begin distancing themselves from the wrestler. They remove his merchandise. They no longer mention him. Um, they address uh, the circumstances. Now, so there'd be no mention of Benoit that night other than his, other than his comments. And that was it. And then <clears throat> you start getting into the toxicology that was released on July 17th of the same year. It revealed at the time of their death, Nancy had three different drugs in her system, Xanax, hydrocodone, hydromorphone, um, which were all found to be therapeutic. They weren't toxic levels. Uh, Daniel actually, his son Daniel had Xanax in his system, which led that chief medical examiner to believe that he was sedated uh, before Benoit did what he did. I haven't even, I can't even bring up what he did. It's so terrible. Benoit had Xanax, hydrocodone, elevated level of testosterone caused by a synthetic hormone uh, in his system. The chief medical examiner attributed the testosterone level to Benoit possibly being treated for a deficiency caused by previous steroid abuse or uh, testicular, testicular insufficiency. There was no indication that anything in his body contributed to his violent behavior that led to the murder suicide. Concluding that there was no roid rage involved, so the the drugs had nothing to do with it. This is this is ongoing time. Well, and at the time though, mentally. it broke out because again, mainstream and the casual audience is ignorant, and everybody just went to steroid abuse on this. It's roid rage. It's all this, which is completely stupid. Yeah, and it, and it was, but, but it it was. Th- that but that captured that's the media. That went nuts. So then the the this is when the drug policy became a thing in WWE and the wellness policy, and and they should have, and they should have instigated. It. I'm not saying they shouldn't have, but like it's sad. It took this yeah. kind of a tragedy, and then going <clears> further. Um, it was more of a brain thing. Benoit, when they autopsied his brain, he had bruises on his brain, so many, and yeah. most of them were like considered like serious concussion blows. And yeah, it, it's interesting because yeah. uh, Chris Chris Nowinski contacted uh, Benoit's father Michael and said this might be his his brain that did this. And so they they did test on 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 the brain. Uh, Ju- uh, Julian Bales, they had a neurosurgery at West Virginia. Uh, this is this is where when 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 Jess told me this, this was years ago. And Jess told me this. I was so shocked. And they said that Benoit's brain was so severely damaged. It resembled the brain of an 85 year old Alzheimer's patient. I mean, just think about that. Just think about he was that suffering. He was suffering dementia person with Alzheimer's. Basically, what it was is he was suffering dementia. Yeah. Uh, and, and how old was he, Jess? Uh, Benoit? Says, I don't even know. He was like 40 something, right? I think he was like in his yeah. early 40s. I don't remember exactly his exact age. Maybe late, his maybe brain late was 30s. twice as, as old as it should have been by the look of it. And also had, you know, on it, it looked like an Alzheimer's patient. 
he had he had advanced form of dementia, uh, similar to brains of, of retired NFL players who had suffered multiple concussions. Who also did who also did violent themselves. acts. There's a lot of NFL players that they do violent acts. They fucking Junior Seau comes yep, to mind, yeah. but he only heard. There himself. was one I don't remember. I mean, and maybe it was him too, but I don't remember. It was one of the players' wives saying like he would wake up in the middle of the night having like you know the the screaming nightmares, and he would wake up and start choking his wife. And she would have to fucking, like, wake him up, like, snap him out of his eyes were open. He was looking dead at her eyes, and he was choking the fuck out of her. And then she finally, like, survived because she, like, hit him with something. And he woke up, and he's like, what the? I'm sorry. And she's like, you were killing me. Like, you were killing me. And he was just like, I thought I was somewhere else. And, like, it's just kind of, it's nuts. Like, they sit, uh, normally happy people will sit with the lights off just drinking themselves because they're just paranoid and they're drinking hard liquor. So many, you hear so many stories. And it gets you get blamed on the liquor. Oh, he was an alcoholic. No, he became an alcoholic because he started to get super depressed because he started getting paranoid and seeing delusions. So he would just yeah. go into a room and shut the lights off. And this is, I'm talking about a football story I heard. And he would shut the lights out and he would just drink himself in the dark to death because he was just scared. And he didn't know where he was, and yeah. he, or he would start the flashbacking and all that, and like your your personality changed when you have brain damage. You start, especially when you get older. When you get older, no matter what, even if you have a healthy brain, your brain changes, and you you start not remembering things as clear and all that stuff. But now you have a damaged brain that's been damaged over and over and over again, like in multiple car accidents, and and now you're you're getting paranoid and you're getting emotional and you're getting older and you're going through your changes. Everyone goes through midlife, right? And like it's just kind of it, the normal changes your body body get fucking fucked up by brain damage because your brain is like your center your core and uh yeah it's just he was fucked up and nobody knew it because he was so introverted and he knew how to be like yes sir hello sir uh and that's how benoit always was to people super respectful super you know what i mean and like he always just the quiet ones yeah he always knew how to do that even when he was confused and scared he always knew how to be the respectful yes sir hello sir hi and it's just that that's just what it was he was never like a a bright personality where you could be like oh remember how he used to be so bright and he would tell all the jokes and crack the locker room up and all that stuff and then he just stopped and he became depressed that's an obvious sign Benoit never showed the signs because his personality was so introverted that it was you couldn't see him only the people that lived with him, like Nancy, which is why they separated and they were going through a, tr- a trouble yeah. because he was showing signs of and people close to him after they would interview after his death, um, they would say he started getting paranoid. He started getting a little weird about things and he would get very like, no, exactly. I, I just got to go to my room. I don't want to talk to anybody. I got to go to my room. Like he was very weird like that. And uh, there was a ton of conspiracy theories, you know, uh, conspiracy theories and all that stuff, which are all dumb shit. And like uh, that he was murdered, that someone told him to call the office and say that we're all food poisoning we're sick to buy time for people why would people murder you over the span of three days right like why would that happen like people you know and then the dumb shit that kevin sullivan did it or whatever like that's no that's stupid. dumb yeah that's dumb yeah. or that yeah. his death was posted on wikipedia his death was posted on wikipedia before it was announced that he died also fake and dumb someone just leaked that story and it was never true and um it just like yeah. he murdered his wife and Probably kid and then he killed himself that's it and i know that some people want to say because they liked benoit so much in the ring and they liked him and they believed in pro wrestling and that little bubble that we all the three of us like you know that we've been invested in for so many years we love people like Benoit and Guerrero and Jericho and we like the good wrestlers right and the wrestlers that love the sport and they they, they believe in it and they want to make it real for us and that makes us more invested and I get it right and I but you know what he killed his wife and kids that's what I choose to believe and that's what he did and I can't honor that because like that's awful he was a monster yeah. Maybe because of brain damage, maybe because it was always in him. I don't know. I, you know, I, I would like to think that it's a lesson that I'm glad they're tackling and that they've they've thinned out now. He was on steroids at a time in his career. I'm not saying at the time of his death. He was on growth hormones, which I think they found in his yeah. body, right, when he died. Um, yes, correct. What, would, yeah. what, oh, what, yeah. what does what growth hormones do to your body and your brain anyway on top of having a severely damaged, concussed brain? I mean, can you imagine doing, doing diving headbutts? Yeah, can you imagine? Well, like, look at people that are alcoholics. Look how, like, you know, from someone that's not an alcoholic and then they go to become an alcoholic, how much that changes them already. Yeah, yeah. And so, even when even even when they get sober 
or even like a drug addict when they finally get sober you know the ones that can escape that demon and they're they're yeah. they're always different right they always have a twitch to them or whatever yeah. and they're healthy and they've been healthy for like the same yeah they've been sober for five or six years but that drug use and alcohol abuse created them they have nervous twitches it's, or they they, yes. they they do they stutter or they something changes about them so now you have this guy who was just experimenting with normal drugs that a lot of wrestlers did growth hormone steroids or whatever and then but he's getting concussed over and over and over again which also alters your mood and you know what i mean like it's just a recipe for disaster and it's so sad that nancy and his son died and i'm not going to talk about dave was right you can go read about how they think benoit killed his son i cannot say it out loud because i have a son and so uh you know i cried for owen because owen was an accident and i feel for his soul because he was a great person in the locker room and he brought so much joy to people and he loved his family and all that stuff and so i cried for owen i can't cry for benoit i will cry for what he did to his son because i have a son that's why i don't want to say it out loud dave was right in saying you can go read about it on your own if you want to see the way he killed his son it's it's horrific it's a monster it's a demon and uh, I can't I can't talk about it because it I, I don't want to cry for him because I will cry for his son. But at the same time, like I cried for Owen because Owen deserves it because he was a great soul and we lost someone great. But like I cannot I cannot talk about this and I can't cry for it because the, I, I'm not sad be, because he did that. I'm not sad at all. I'm sad that Nancy and his son lost their lives. Uh, obviously, I'm sad for that. But like, God, like I couldn't believe it. You know, when all these facts came about, like what? Like. I really liked Benoit a lot, right? Like, we all did. And it was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? This monster. Like, how? I, yeah, I, I know, and I know people like to come up. Well, he was brain damaged. I get that's a reason. And I'm not saying he was of sane mind. I would like to think if the only solace I can get from this is that he wasn't of sane mind. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll agree with that to kind of put my nerves at ease because you can't fathom a monster like this right you just can't fathom it like i can't fathom anything this cruel and this monstrous like i i hope that that is why that it was just a combination of the concussions and he was in dementia and then he was doing growth hormones which change your your change everything about you and if you have a healthy brain and you have a healthy body and like it's just, you know, people don't realize that you can call this a fake sport and they just fall on a mattress and all that stuff or whatever. But these guys like and I'm not making an excuse for Benoit, but they fucking hurt themselves for our entertainment. And it's an art form. And, you know, you just got it. You got to be careful, man. You got to take care of your bodies. You got to be careful what you're putting in your body. And, you know. We get mad when matches get stopped quick now because someone hits their head, but I'm so glad they do, right? God, like, you know, they keep Alexa Bliss out for six months because they're scared, you know? Good, good. Good, yeah. Good, because I don't want her I don't yeah. want her to kill anybody. This is, you know? this is all, I'm not saying she this will. Is all, this is what we're talking about in the beginning. This is all Daniel Bryan, they kept Daniel Bryan happened. out, and they made him go through so many different medical tests yes. like to even get Edge, you know? like same, Understandable. Edge, same thing. Paige, you know? Paige at this point with her neck, too. I mean, Yeah, you know, I'm so glad careful. because back then, how many of these guys wrestled with fucking ruptured discs and fucking concussions, and they were like, I can't tell anyone because if I do, I'm not going to get the main event payday. Even damage you know? nerves in your yeah, arm. Yeah, you know, it needs to progress. The wrestling, especially if it's a public company, it needs to fucking progress and fucking put safety nets like this in place or whatever. Good. You know, fuck anybody who's like, oh, grow some balls. Fucking uh, we're back in the day. They were fucking men and women and they got in there. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. You have no mm -hmm. idea what you're talking about. You're just saying it because it's it's the opposite of what most people say. Smart money, though, is for a public company and a public company that makes billions of or, you know, makes millions and billions of dollars and gets billions of dollars in their TV contracts. Yeah. Protect your fucking assets, my friends. Protect your fucking talent. That's the least you could do, right? Protect that, your product. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to call let me, it that. Let me, let, me put a, let me put a bow on this bad boy here. Benoit <sighs> held 22 championships between WWF, WWE, WCW, New Japan World Wrestling, and ECW. He was a two-time world champion, having been one time at WCW, which is recognized, and a one-time WWF champion as WWE. He was actually booked to win a third world title at the WWE event with for ECW at the night of his death. He was the 12th WWE Triple Crown Champion and a 7th WCW Triple Crown Champion. He was going to beat CM Punk, right? Yeah, he was going to beat CM Punk at the ECW for the title uh, when they when they re, when they revamped it, relaunched it. <clears throat> and that's where Johnny Nitro had to come in and take care of that business. That's where he got got launched off. Uh, and the second of four men in history to achieve both the WWE and WCW Triple Crown Championships. Uh, he's only the second of four to do that. 
He was also the 2004 Royal Rumble winner, joining Shawn Michaels, like we said. He was number one. Those are only those two people that actually have won it at number one. Benoit headlined multiple pay-per-view events for WWE, including a victory uh, at WrestleMania 20 over Triple H and Shawn Michaels in 2004. Um, that's where I'll leave it. Guys. Well, Anything you want to add? Go ahead, go ahead, Kaz. Sorry. No, I mean, shit. I mean, <laughs> what do you say, man? A uh, great wrestler in the ring. You know, we can respect and love the work that he did. But, you know, as far as the ending goes, like. It, Came with a price, my friend. It's kind of tough. The one, the one, the one thing I, that you always have to understand here, guys, the one, the one thing you'll all this great stuff he did in the ring uh, led to his brain being this way and led to him killing two people. I mean, some of my favorite matches are with him, you know, like, like you I have, mentioned yeah, earlier. You, but you have to take you have to take that everywhere you go, man. What? Every time we say Chris Benoit was great at this, he had this great match here. He did all these great things. That's where that's where it ended up. All the yeah. stuff he did and, and the and the toll he took on his body, especially his brain, led him to this end. Yeah, of course. You have you. you yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm obviously okay he was a big part of me because like I I liked his style. Like I said early on, and I tape traded because of him and all that stuff, and and I really did. And sure. he was a big part of me loving the work and the art form of pro wrestling. But uh, now he's yeah. a monster, and that's it. And I I. I I believe all the reasons his brain was damaged. He was, and I, and I, I believe all of it. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to believe all of it to put my little soul at ease, you know? Um, but uh, no, you killed your kid. You killed your wife. You killed another human being. It doesn't really matter who you kill, but I mean like this, you killed the two people that were your soul and that were your base of your family. And like, uh, and you killed yourself cause you're a coward or, or he snapped to it and was scared to death about what he did. Either way, He's a human being, and that was his aura, right? That was his destiny, and that's what he did. And, uh, you know, you can't praise that. You just can't. I know we did a whole episode on him right now, or two, a two-parter on him, you know, but at the same time, like, it needs to end with, at least I'm not going to speak for you guys, but it, he's a monster, and that's the way it ends. And and anyone who says, oh, just just his body of work should go in the Hall of Fame. No, it shouldn't. Murders no, don't belong there. Murders don't belong there. And, like, uh, he's a murderer. I'm sorry, he is. And he's a monster, and he took two people's lives. Taking your own life is one thing, but uh, but taking your son and your wife, yeah, come on. Like I, I know maybe he yeah. was sick, maybe he was sick in the head. Sounds good. Sounds great. We're learning from it now. And, and they're putting, like I said, safety nets and, and health procedures in place or whatever, and that's awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, this is bad. This was all bad. It was bad when it was going on, and it's bad to relive it now. And uh, he's a monster. It's, you don't celebrate anything of his. You don't. You just It sucks. It sucks. We took this walk because we had to get yep. to this point, right, in this episode. It has to happen. That's where it is. Yeah. And like I said, as always, you can reach us via Instagram at OWP2019, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or do the easy thing, download WrestlePost app at no charge to you, and join us along with other great podcasts of the day. This is Dave along with Justin Cuz at the OWP. Have a good one.